What's going on, folks? What if RFK Jr. was on the debate stage with Biden and Trump or whatever Republican wins the primary for the main presidential debate? It looks like that will probably happen. The New York Post is reporting it, RFK pages are reporting it, and according to New York Times, I looked it up, you just need 15% and a few different polling sources. We'll read the exact threshold. And it seems like RFK is on the path to do that. Will that throw a wrench in the election and help win it for Biden? Will it hurt Biden? Today I bring on professional drummer, American citizen, and all-around good guy Pete Parada to discuss how this is going to affect the election. We'll read some comments as well. God bless you. Dream Rare Podcast starts now. It's the Dream Rare Podcast. Welcome to the show. The way to get the news at the desk or on the road. Let's go. God is great and success in our control. The world is crazy, but we get better from obstacles. Yeah. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining. I'm here with Pete Parada today. Thanks for being here, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me, buddy. Yeah, so we're going to discuss, for those, I'm just going to say the intro real quick. Um, RFK Jr. apparently is on pace to have enough to get on the presidential debate stage. So if it ends up being Trump and Biden, last time it was just Trump and Biden. It's almost always just the Democrat and the Republican. But there's a certain threshold you have to reach in order to get on that stage. And RFK is probably going to get on that stage, which is going to absolutely change the election. Before we do that, for those who haven't seen our other podcast, maybe you can give people like a backdrop into like how you've been feeling politically or where you're at. Yeah, I mean, I think COVID really opened my eyes to, you know, a little bit more reality of how the world actually works, you know, the way the mandates and the lockdowns came sweeping in and were kind of supported um, wholeheartedly by the government. There weren't too many people in positions of power that pushed back on it. That really kind of shook me up. Um, and, you know, my own personal situation with mandates, you know, leading to me losing my gig. Um, Bobby Kennedy was someone who reached out to me really early on with support. And uh, he's been a good friend to me and my family. So, you know, right now he is my candidate. And, um, you know, I don't agree with him on every issue, but, you know, certainly if we're going to have a, a Trump Biden rematch, I really would appreciate having a, a third option in there. And and he would he would be my pick right now. So before we start on the story, um, for those who don't know, Pete drummed for the offspring for over a decade. Right. And then the mandates came in. They basically kicked him out of the band because he wouldn't get a vaccine. And how long did it take for Bobby to just reach out to you? That was probably before he even said he was running for president. Yeah, it was way before. I mean, it was it was the first week after my story broke with the band and stuff. Um, he he reached out and just offered his support and and just wanted to, you know, connect and talk and was super cool. Took a lot of time with myself and my wife. We had a really great conversation and we've kind of stayed in touch loosely ever since. And um, he's just he's been, you know, I, I believe in what he's fighting for. And I, you know, I believe that his heart is in the right place. And what I like about him so far is that even at, before this stage, he's really forced Biden and the Democrats to have some conversations that they have not wanted to have, you know, whether it be about pharma or medical freedom or, uh, you know, things of that ilk. It's things that they normally avoid or try to sweep under the rug. And and I think he's done a good job of forcing the issue and making them have to comment on on that kind of stuff that normally they would like to just avoid and pretend isn't an issue. The New York Post reported on November 20th, 2023, it says three 2024 presidential debates are set for Texas, Virginia, and Utah. 
And it says environmental lawyer Robert F. Kennedy Jr. appears on track to qualify for the presidential debates, which are about 10 months away. So that means Democrat, Republican and RFK on the stage. That's going to be an election changer, whether it helps Biden, hurts Biden, opens the door for him to actually win. We'll talk about it. But I just want to read the threshold. This is from an old New York Times article. I went back and looked at it. It says that's why there's only one number that matters, 15 percent. That's the threshold set by the Commission of Presidential Debates. To participate in the debates, candidates need support of at least 15% of the national electorate as determined by five selected national public opinion polling organizations using the average of those organizations' most recently publicly reported results at the time of determination. So when they're going to determine the debates, uh, if RFK has 15% of the polling in whatever, you know, I, I would assume it's like AP, Reuters, basic stuff like that, um, which he's he's flirting on those lines, um, he'll be on the debate stage. And that's why you don't see a lot of independents, green and uh, libertarian, because Gary Johnson, Jill Stein, they never get to 15%. They float way below. RFK is there. He's done a good job. He's well known. He's a Kennedy. He's been crushing the podcast. He's been pretty popular already for his medical freedom stuff. And uh, that would absolutely throw a wrench in the debate. So I want to ask you first before I weigh in, and I'm going to read a lot of comments too, because today, folks, your opinion, my opinion, our votes all count the same. So even if you disagree with me or Pete, we all have a vote. And uh, you know, like this can affect different people, Democrats, Republicans, independents, different ways. So how do you think this is going to change the election having RFK on a stage, on a stage with Trump and Biden? Well, I, I, for his campaign, it's huge because it's going to elevate him even beyond, you know, people are passive. Uh, the average person is pretty passive in politics. I think they go about their business. They only pop their heads up to vote when it's presidential season, which I think is is kind of backwards because all all our important politics are local, you know, and, and if we don't, take, you know, make that take precedence in our lives, like everything that you can control is within your own community, within your own local um, area. And so if you're only voting for president, it's it's just kind of like, well, that that position's a figurehead. Like, yeah, we're going to put someone in that spot every four years, but they don't have this unilateral power to come in and, and save us. Like nobody's nobody's coming to save us regardless of who gets elected or which candidate you like. You know, we have, the work still starts with us. Like we have to start locally. So I, you know, if I could encourage anybody to do anything, it's pay attention to your local politics. Um, and on top of, you know, the mainstream national stuff. But we haven't had a, I don't think there's been a third candidate on the debate stage since Ross Perot in the early 90s, right? right? I mean, I, I in my lifetime, I can't remember anything since. So I think it would be huge for, for RFK to get up there. And I think he would open a lot of eyes. And again, his presence forces both of the major political parties to have conversations that they would rather avoid. And, right. you know, I think... He could, he could certainly hold Trump accountable for lockdowns and the way that things got started with Fauci and whatnot. And he could certainly hold Biden accountable for the mandates and everything else that swept in once his administration took over. Um, I think he would put them both in a really uncomfortable position. And I, you know, anything that forces people to have to answer real questions instead of talking around it is a good thing for voters of any stripe, wh whoever you support whatever side of the aisle you're on, or if you're, you're in the middle, you know, I, I consider myself uh, a, uh, 
a former progressive, um, now independent with libertarian leanings. Like, I don't, I don't know how you would fit that on the membership card, but it's, you know, it's a new world out there. I think a lot of people have had their eyes opened to what's really going on, what happens in politics and what happens in government over the last couple of years. And I think that that kind of primes the scenario for somebody like RFK to come in and really make some waves. So I, I think his voice will be important. It, and especially for holding the other candidates accountable, if those are the two that we're bringing back again, it would be nice to have right. them have to re answer for their role in the last four years. It's a good point. Outside of how it's going to affect the election, and as far as like who people are going to vote for, we could talk about that in a second. Um, say like the vaccine conversation. I, if, if RFK wasn't on the stage, I think it would go like this. Trump would say, the same thing he's been saying. Um, I did the vaccine operation warp, operation warp speed. I did it, folks. It was me. I saved a hundred million bajillion lives. And then Biden would be, like, oh come on, Jack. Oh come on, Jack. You're a conspiracy theorist, Jack. Come on, Jack. You were talking about alternate medications. Oh come on, man. Uh, you know it was me that did it. And I feel like they would both try to take credit for it. And then Bobby would come in and be like, it's not even that good. You know, <laughs> like it come in with like. He's got some stats. He knows he said multiple times on podcasts that Trump took a million dollars from Pfizer and hired pharmaceutical mm -hmm. lobbyists. And he'll be like, listen, Biden hired the swamp and Trump hired the swamp. Trump took the money. Biden yeah. took the money. Um, that's going to change the debate. So outside of who it benefits or not, I do think it's going to allow a more honest conversation because I I don't know what type of convo Trump and Biden would have. But um, I don't know. Biden's 81. I'm, I'd be shocked if he's can even stand still. And uh, Trump's almost 79. And, you know, when they talk about that topic, it RFK is going to change the whole frame of the conversation. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, neither one of those other guys wants to talk about it and they don't want to have to defend or answer real questions about it. And I don't think, I think Bobby's not going to let them off the hook. So that would be really exciting, certainly for that issue alone, to have him on that stage. But I, I think he would be really good to press them on all the other issues and really open people's eyes to, you know, this is the first time I can remember a viable independent candidate, you know, making it this far. So already, you know, we're a year out from the election and he's already really pulling people. And I think he's pulling equally from both sides right now, um, which, you know, if he was only pulling from Trump voters or he was only pulling from Biden voters, I, obviously, the other side would be excited to have him jump in and, and do that and throw the election their way. But it, it's, it feels like for the first time we have a scenario where there's a viable independent candidate who's pulling equally from both sides and isn't just a, a spoiler for one or the other, but is going to make them have to be more accountable and, and, and have some real answers instead of just running out the clock with their talking points on a debate stage. Right. Um some people in the comments are like, Anomaly doesn't know he's a student. Uh, talk about the candidates. We're talking about how it's going to affect the election. At the end of the day, if there's two people on stage or three people on stage, that's going to change the whole election. Um, it's just, it, it is what it is. That's what we're talking about today. Uh, on that note, I would say I've heard a lot, like as far as from RFK Jr., he says he thinks he's going to hurt Trump more than he's going to hurt Biden. Like I've seen him say that on a podcast. A lot of Republicans think that he's going to hurt Trump more than he's going to hurt Biden. Uh, I also know just like an anecdotal story. Somebody in my family that has a Democrat daughter, you know, on, on the one side of my family said that they like RFK Jr. So that shows that they can pull from Biden. 
it's an interesting situation because Biden is really unpopular. He's really not cool. He doesn't make cool viral clips. Like in the age of social media, RFK makes viral clips. Trump makes viral clips. DeSantis makes some viral clips. Uh, you know, Dana White makes viral clips. Like when, when have you seen a clip of Joe Biden that's just not making fun of him on a Democrat or a Republican page? So I think that, um, you know, a lot of Democrats are looking for somewhere else to vote. And this is one thing I have to warn if people do want Trump to win. I hear what you're saying about some of Bobby Kennedy's policies, who he is, et cetera. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to earn people's vote. And this is the way I'm reading it. And this only affects me. I know Pete feels similar from a different perspective, but he likes Bobby for certain reasons. But for me, um, you know, the pandemic was a huge thing for two to three years, right? Uh, at that point, Trump decided like he kind of for the first year, he was like here, here. He he wanted to open, but then he did it. He wanted he said lockdowns were bad, but then he told Georgia and Sweden to lock down like he was kind of like flip flopping. He talked about alternate medications, but then he didn't once the vaccine came out. And then like after that point from 2021 to 2023, he just kind of became like a vaccine salesman. And everybody in the Trump camp, you could shame people and be like, oh, you should like them. But it's like. I liked him when he was the most authentic person. Now I'd rather listen to Tucker Carlson or RFK or really anybody else because it just he just seems like a circus clown to me now. So, you know, he chose instead of trying to like really understand what was going on in the country and be the leader that everyone wanted to see, he chose to kind of just tap into like his most obsessive base and be that guy. And, and that's who he is now. And I know at least 10 to 15 people that don't want to vote for Trump. And I would say if you want Trump to win, somebody needs to get through to this guy because you can't just yell and shame. It's like, it's like when people yelled at you to try to vote for Hillary and you're like, I'm not voting for this witch. You know, I'm not voting for Hillary. It's the same thing I feel like that's happening with the Trump camp now where it's like he's missing this huge piece of the puzzle and he's just not that guy. And everybody just kind of like kisses his butt. But it's like I, I know 15 people, 10 people in my own circle that are like, I'm not voting for Trump. Like even me now. When I listen to him speak, like someone, the Citizen Free Press, I like them on Twitter. They've shared this clip of Trump and they're like, oh, this is awesome. And I'm listening to it. And it just doesn't hit me the same because he's not talking in specifics and like making good points. He's just like, America will never be a socialist or fascist nation. And it's like, I don't know. I think the number of people that that really resonates with is getting smaller and smaller because what made Trump so popular at first was being authentic and being on the ball of every situation. And now I feel like he's just trying to like milk his base while he's, I feel like he's isolated millions of people by not just pushing the vaccine, but never correcting himself. DeSantis correct himself. RFK corrected himself if he made any mistakes. It's like Trump, he's still the same guy he was two years ago and no one wants to tell him because everybody wants to just hang out at Mar-a-Lago and go to TPUSA. So everyone's like, oh, it's so cool what he's saying. Like, it's not cool. And if Bobby's on that stage, I wouldn't be shocked if Trump loses to Biden because of Bobby's presence. Yeah, it could be. I mean, he's going to point out a lot of deficiencies or at least shine a light on deficiencies of both candidates. And I, I think for me, I think there's a lot of people that feel the same way that I do, which is I I absolutely will not vote for Biden under any circumstances. I mean, his handling of the mandates and COVID once he came in and took over, I mean, he basically wished myself and my family a winter of severe illness and death and, you know, never back down on that, never apologized for that. It was just full, full force ahead. Trump, I, you know, I understand now, I understand Trump more than I did you know, in 2016, 2020, 
I, I can appreciate him as a disruptor of the system, but I still don't think there's enough there to make me, you know, really want to, you know, consider him yet. So the, the fact that Bobby is in the mix, you know, to me is, is head and shoulders above either candidate, even with, you know, where I don't agree with him on everything. I don't agree with anyone on everything and I wouldn't want to. I, I think we've gotten stuck as a society in this place, a division where if you're, if you can't agree with everybody on every subject, you just don't associate with them anymore. And I think it's super short-sighted and silly that you're going to cut people out of your life. You know, we're, none of us are going to learn anything if we can't have a debate with somebody. No, if we can't have a discussion with someone with different views, like I, I want to talk to somebody like change my mind, please. I want, I'm open. I want to hear all sides of a debate. And so I think Bobby kind of brings a little bit of that into the scenario here where, you know, like we said, normally there's two guys up on that stage. If you add a third one in there, then the other two have to get a little more real. And I think that can only be a good thing. Right. I saw some of the comments. Someone said anomaly, you're a loser. And I don't care. I'm not like crying about it. I'm just saying like, that's the, like, is that how you're trying to win the election? Just calling me a loser for talking about this stuff. And then someone said, Trump doesn't have to debate losers. I'm not talking about the Republican primary for those lost in the sauce. I'm talking about the presidential debate. Trump absolutely is going to show up to the presidential debate. And it's going to be, it was supposed to be Trump versus Biden. If Trump wins the nominee, it looks likely. Now, if RFK is on the stage, it's going to be Trump, RFK, and Biden. And if Trump doesn't show up to that debate, that would be like historic levels of weird because no one does that. And if he didn't, then he'd be giving RFK a platform to just demolish Biden and, and, and gain the vote. So it's like Trump's going to show up to this debate, whether you think he is or not. And if he doesn't, that would be crazy. But, you know, this is the the angle of like, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. I think Trump has a big base. I think a lot of people will vote for Biden just because they hate Trump. But I, you know, I do think a lot of Democrats will probably vote for RFK too, if he could flirt on those lines of like being seeming moderate and, and saying their talking points. Um, one thing that I would like to see, because in general, um, I lean way more conservative as far as like how to run cities, how to run economics. But this is my beef with the Republican Party is they campaign like they're libertarians and conservatives and they govern like they're psychotic socialists. And Trump is no different. He governed that exact way. But everybody makes excuses for him because they like him or whatever. But in general, you know, I've been saying like with my leverage, I have a platform. I have a voice. It's not the biggest one, but it's definitely not the smallest one. I want Trump to hire good people. That's kind of like my line in the sand. It's like last time you hired pharmaceutical lobbyists to run HHS and FDA. I would much rather him put somebody really authentic there that would fix the disgusting food and drug agency in our country that's like cor so corrupted. And if he doesn't do that, like, I don't want to be shamed for asking that. Like, th you know, because then at that point, his movement becomes just like a cult of personality and there's no substance to it where it's like, why would you get mad if I said, hey, Trump, this time hire better people in your cabinet. And if if everybody in the Trump camp and I'm, I'm just being honest psychologically because you guys could think what you want, but. If you guys just say, shut up, shut up, shut up. And Bobby's out here like, hey, I'm going to clean up the FDA. I'm going to clean up the HHS. And Trump just says, a and then Bobby calls him out and says, you took a million dollars from Pfizer and hired Alex Azar, a pharmaceutical executive to run the HHS. Like that's literally what Trump did. Bobby's going to steal the show from Trump because Trump, when he was really, really crushing, he still is in many ways, but he was so honest. Now it, it feels like a Hillary movement to me where it's like, shut up, get out of his way, stop asking questions. And it's like, 
dude, I'm if he stands on that stage and just says my vaccine saved 100 million lives and I'm going to just do the same thing I did again. And Bobby says I'm going to hire somebody honest for HHS and FDA. You know, I don't want to vote for Bobby. I, I'd rather vote for the Republican. But it's like I want the food to be cleaned up in this country. And I don't want, you know, I, it's like I don't think Trump did that good of a job the first time. I, I want to be inspired and given something, not just told a bunch of like, you know, uh, just join us just because we want you to or else you're stupid. It's like that's not going to work on me and millions of people who are leaning towards Bobby. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm again, I'm all for I love the concept of draining the swamp. But if if you're going to campaign on that and then come in and have the same revolving door of these people regulating these institutions and then going and taking multi-million dollar positions there as soon as they're done, you know, serving the people in the government, then nothing's going to change. You're not draining anything. You're just perpetuating, you know, the same system. And, you know, it, the same with Biden. I mean, you know, he didn't have any expectations of not doing that, you know. So he's going to bring in the same people. They're going to bop out to, you know, regulating pharma to going and working for pharma. Like, I mean, it's it's pretty much a, a checklist that misses no boxes on that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I agree if he gets up there and and is just dumping talking points and there's an RFK there to push back on it, it's going to be a different kind of debate in a different world. I don't think he can can bully and run over Bobby the same way that he can with Biden. And, you know, and again, that's if Biden is even the nominee at that point. You know, it, it there's lots of Certainly, you've seen speculation of, are they going to try to squeeze Gavin Newsom in? Are they going to try to, you know, hand this off to somebody else without any kind of primaries? You know, they, what they say, they already canceled the Florida Democratic primary. You know, it, the, it just feels like we're on the Democratic side, we're going to pick our candidate for you. Look, you don't even need the primaries anymore, which last time Bernie was the only one throwing a wrench into that works. And it was, you know, it was heartbreaking to watch for the second time see him kind of get railroaded that way but what's interesting right now is at this point in the last election you couldn't no one was talking about bernie sanders on mainstream news like it was like hey let's just ignore him don't give him any oxygen you know we won't let it build but people are talking about rfk all of a sudden so it, it just kind of makes me wonder like well what's what's the agenda there do they like a better narrative of a horse race like i'm really curious to see where all this is going because it feels it feels like a different game but you know we'll we'll wait and see what how it turns out right there's one thing i noticed that they all kind of have in common uh which is interesting because i know that uh you know i would say their stance on israel it's like slightly different but it's pretty much all the same and one thing i noticed about following rfk everything he posts is really popular but when he posts like super super pro israel stuff a lot of his comments ratio him because on the left, they're looking for someone that's not like that. That's not exactly like a lot of uh, establishment politicians. And and a lot of even like Jimmy Dore kind of asked him about it, where uh, it seems like within his base, that's one of his most popular, unpopular stances. But it seems to be what's interesting, too, is that they all get called anti-Semitic. Also, it's like he's super pro Israel, yet they lie and try to call him an anti-Semitic. Semite. Trump is super pro-Israel. He did a lot for Israel. They call him an anti-Semite. And Biden, you know, kind of balances the books and, and they call him an anti-Semite. So they have that in common. Um, with that being said, I think that Trump did a really, I mean, probably the best job ever in the 2016 debates. He went up there, outsider, had some swag, just mopped the floor with everybody, mopped the floor with all the Republicans, mopped the floor with, Republic, um, with Hillary. 2020, 
you know, I do think that the debate was rigged against Trump because Chris Wallace was just like, he was like, you killed everyone with COVID. Like, that's not a question. I, I hated that debate. But also, I didn't think Trump did that good. And to be honest, like as watching him over the years, like now it, it feels and people could disagree with me, but it feels like he's a totally different person. Like Candace Owens pushed back like a little bit and Trump got mad at her and looked like an idiot. He said his vaccine was like the greatest human achievement, like so dumb. And then with Megyn Kelly, she pushed back also. And he said he thinks his vaccine saved 100 million lives because a Democrat told him that. Like he, he I think he's going to get destroyed in a debate. He ran away from the Republican debates because he didn't have to go there where it's like, when have you seen Trump? He's always challenged by the left. It's the same thing. And I'm not trying to be a rude to these people, but like it's the same thing with like Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro. You know, they're really good at debating like college campus liberals, but and like Trump's really good at crushing the left. But when has he had like a serious interview? He's probably only had two: Candace Owens, Megyn Kelly, and he looked terrible. So I, I, I don't think he could stand with uh, RFK. I really don't. I, if it was 2016 Trump, I think he could. Now it's like you got to be honest. You know, you got to lead with truth. You can't just like say the same talking points over and over. So, you know, as part of me almost doesn't want RFK to be on the stage, even though I like him, because I do think he's probably going to help Biden win, possibly. Maybe he could pull up an upset. Maybe Trump could still win. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It's I think Supreme Court judges are important and federal judges. And I'm a little nervous that Bobby's going to put in a, like a bunch of Democrats because it's the same thing as Trump. Uh, he gets in and he like it's I'm not saying they're actors, but it's almost like you just say whatever you can to like make people like you. And then when you get in, you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. I got to hire 10,000 people or whatever. Like and then you start delegating to whoever's around you with Trump. He's surrounded by Republicans with Bobby. He's going to be surrounded probably by Democrats. So I'm a little nervous with that. But part of me also thinks like whatever, you know, throw the wrench in there. I, I'm tired of the same old clown show. And I definitely think that it will improve the debate uh, tremendously. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, it's definitely going to throw a wrench into things. And like I said, I, I don't know what would happen with a, a Kennedy presidency versus a Biden or versus a Trump. I, I think on the Trump side of things, what he had in 2016, which he can't ever have again, is the, the absolute lowest expectations. Like he was coming in as a disruptor. Anything he did was new and exciting. We hadn't seen it before. And now, you know, if he's running for the third time, you don't have that same, not grace, but the grace period of like, well, he's new to this. He doesn't know what he's doing. And now, you know, he can't just be a disruptor and be clever here and there. He's got things to answer for now. He's got a track record. He was president for four years. So, you know, to me, if that's the case, then your approach has to change. Um, you can't just, like you said, fall back on clever little insults or you know, poking at people, you actually have things to answer for now where before he's like, oh, I've never been a politician. I don't have like he had no track record of any any history in politics of anything to answer for any policies or whatever. And he does now. So that that changes the stage for him. And I think, you know, for his people, that's going to be the hardest thing is, well, how do we convince him that he needs to approach it that way now and not just be looking at it like, no, I'm just going to be I'm going to be Trump. I'm going to be a disruptor. It's like, yeah, you can be a disruptor, but now you have a, a track record that you have to defend and you can't just be spouting talking points and saying, well, it's OK, because, you know, the Democrat told me this. So, you know, that makes it great. You know, I, I think he's in a much different position with, a you know, having to defend policies than having come in with nothing to defend other than, you know, his business record or his personal record. 
let me know in the comments, guys, what you think, because at the end of the day, I want to hear what who you think this helps RFK. Do you think it helps RFK? Do you think it helps Biden? Do you think it helps Trump? And who do you like the best? Let me know in the comments. Some people, this is interesting too, and I, I don't care. I don't, I don't look at these comments to like freak out and take it personally. I almost do it as like an analytics test because people feel different ways. But someone said, bye-bye, you know, like just listening to what we're saying, where it's like, this is my concern with the Trump movement. And I, I think I'm going to be honest on one hand, I think he's incredibly strong. He's incredibly popular. And I think that a lot of people like nothing matters. Like, you know, if Trump doesn't take money from donors, people like that. But then if they find out that he did and he lied to them, people don't care. You know what I'm saying? It's like nothing matters. I'm on the Trump train. I don't care what he does. I don't care what he says. I don't care if he lies to me. I don't care if he scams me. I don't care if he does a great job. Like I'm there. So I do think a lot of people really are like that. And I do think that that can win an election. At the same time, though, I, I talk to a lot of people and I, I for every you know person that's like that, I have another friend that's like, I'm a two-time Trump voter. I, I'm not voting for him anymore because they were inspired to vote for him in 2016 because he was speaking the truth. He didn't have, and this is what I, I believe in God. I believe in that true power comes from authenticity and being real. You could have money, you can have this, but you can't rep, there's certain things you just can't replicate. Like you can't buy and be LeBron James. Like he's got athletic specimen and physical. So there's some things beyond money and like fake power. It's like real power, like real strength, real, real authenticity. And I think Trump didn't have a lot of things going in his direction in 2016, but what he had is he was running a more honest campaign, right? So he won. He pulled off probably the greatest upset in modern history. In 2020, he was trying to play it a little more smooth or whatever. Questionable election, obviously. And since then, I just feel like he's he's not who he was in 2018. And the vibe in his base is like, shut up. And then the vibe with him is just like, it's my turn. It's my time. Like, his insults to DeSantis, there's 20 things I don't like about Ron DeSantis. And I talked about it before Trump ever talked about it. But Trump never nails the things that I care about that DeSantis does wrong because Trump also does them wrong. Trump says like really weird, petty things like, you know, if Florida would be better with a Democrat or it's just the sunshine that makes it good, which is not true. I live in California and Gavin Newsom does not do well just because of sunshine. So it's like he's being way less honest than he used to be. It's just a fact. But nobody wants to address it. And to me, I'm thinking like, what made Trump amazing was the fact that he was so real. Can he still win? Yeah, he's still realer than Joe Biden, you know, but I don't think he's realer than RFK. And I'm not saying this to someone that says I'm voting for RFK. I'm not a Democrat. I see the holes in his game and the flaws. And to be quite frank, as a politician, I don't trust RFK. But as an analyst, I would say listening to an RFK podcast, you can learn stuff. He educates you. He just says real stuff like all the time. Like he can talk about Monsanto for 40 minutes and educate you and tell you some stuff on what he did and what's going on. Like RFK is 10 times as authentic as Trump is. And that's not saying Trump never was that guy. When Trump was in his heyday, he was just as good as RFK, if not better. Now he's a shell of himself and everyone wants to act like it's not. So maybe you can win an election. But personally, I think Trump, was really crushing when he just leaned into the realness. And now it's more of this Hillary vibe of like, just deal with it. Just do be. And it's like, dude, that's why RFK is going to be the first independent on a stage in 30 years is because he's going on podcasts and just being really likable, really genuine and really thoughtful, um, which, you know, I, I just don't see like I used to in, in 2018 Trump. Yeah, I think there again, there's an audience out there of people that are looking for someone outside of the system. And yeah, maybe they voted for Trump the last two times. 
And now they might have the same look at him as you do, which is like, well, he's not, you know, he's not what he was. He's not out there firing truth off. He's not speaking to me personally. He's not speaking to the little guy. And I think, again, he's he's lost the element of surprise. Like he had that eight years ago and now he's going to have to have a little bit more than that. And that opens the door for somebody like Bobby Kennedy to come in and, and like you said, do the podcast circuit, talk to everybody. I mean, he'll, as far as I know, he he'll sit and talk to just about anybody and he'll have a good debate. And he's, you know, he knows what he's talking about, especially on his environmental history of, you know, what he's, what he's done there on his medical freedom stuff. And he's willing to have someone challenge his ideas. And I think that, to me, that's an exciting prospect in this day and age where every, I think all our politicians are kind of insulated and they're, they're kept in this box where they're not really challenged very much. And like you said, when they are, you kind of, you can see the cracks and, you know, and sometimes that's like, oh, all right, well, that's not the guy that I thought, you know, eight years ago, he's a little bit different. Like, you know, maybe he lost a step or whatever. He doesn't have that fire. And I think that opens the door for somebody like Kennedy, especially if you get on that debate stage to really sort of throw a wrench into the works and make a difference um which you know can he win i don't know does it does it just upset the apple cart one way or the other it's it's possible but i think i still think that idea is better than just our status quo of here's your democrat here's your republican that's all you get and if it's only the two of them up there neither one of them is really going to challenge the other too much because they don't want to be challenged themselves and it takes another disruptor to get in there and mix things up for me personally, I'm never voting for Biden. I could list like a hundred reasons why, but I think if I could pick one reason, I, I honestly, it's probably the reason that you said is during COVID, he was mandating things. He was pushing harder than all Republicans. And he, he was wishing everybody death who didn't get the vaccine. Like no matter what Trump and DeSantis did, which is a lot of crazy stuff, that was the craziest, most evil thing I've ever seen. Biden's name, I'm never putting on a piece of paper. That dude is a demon, right? Like, and and that's only one example. But if I could think of like the most sinister thing he's done, probably that. Um, with that being said, when it comes to Bobby and Trump, there's things I like about both of them. When it comes to both of them, I think on foreign policy, they both kind of uh, kiss the ring in a certain category. And I was a little disappointed to see that Bobby did the exact same thing. It's like he just went on his like shame apology tour when they called him anti-Semitic, and I was like. You know, that kind of took a little thunder away from my liking. But with Bobby, what I like the most is I think that he has the best chance of reforming the Food and Drug Administration. And if I could talk about root level issues, that might be the most important root level issue. Like even if Bobby put in a bunch of Democrats that I didn't like in certain places, um, but he reformed the Food and Drug Administration and America had like clean food again uh, for the first time in 50 years, that might be the biggest win in modern history. I'm not saying he could pull it off, but I think he has the best chance of doing that. And if he doesn't win and Trump does win, I hope Trump puts him at the head of HHS and FDA because that would be amazing. Um, with that being said, with Trump, what I like about Trump is I think that, and Bobby seems like he has reasonable border policy as well. With Trump, I think uh, the fact that he would pick a Republican Supreme Court judge, I think that's important. Personally, to me, I don't like the way the liberal Supreme Court judges vote. I like the way Clarence Thomas votes and Sam Alito. I think they're more pro-freedom when it comes to mandates, guns, pretty much everything. And uh, I want a Republican Supreme Court. And that seems to be one of the biggest things that Republicans do. You know, people don't realize this, and I don't like the Bush family per se. I don't think they're like uh, the greatest family in America or anything. But uh, they 
you know, they did put Alito and Clarence Thomas in the court. I think those are the two best Supreme Court judges we have. Somehow George Bush and George Bush Jr. pick better Supreme Court justices than Trump. So even voting for an establishment Republican gives you a decent judge in my in my world. Um, also the federal judges. So, you know, border policy as well is better. Um, a few other things, but that's why I'd vote for Trump. With that being said, I'm not inspired to vote in the Republican primary. There's things I like about Trump and DeSantis, but I don't like the fact, and I've made this very clear, it's from a First Amendment standpoint, I don't like the fact that Trump and DeSantis are so gung-ho to pass anti-Semitism speech rules in America through executive order on college campuses. And you see right now, Elon Musk, they're trying to take down Twitter and they're trying to use anti-Semitism as the reason to pull advertisers. So, you know, this is a word just like if they said you're racist, you can't work here because you don't like George Floyd riots. Uh, I don't say this with any malice or hate. It's I see how they're using that word to push forward an agenda of speech policing in America. And once we lose our First Amendment, it's gone. And in my opinion, Trump and DeSantis are controlled opposition on that topic. And RFK doesn't look too promising on it either. And Biden is Biden. He's garbage. So, you know, I was inspired to vote in the Republican primary. Now I'm not. I'll vote in the general, but my vote is not sold. Uh, it's definitely not going to Biden. But if it's Trump and RFK on the stage, Trump needs to impress people and Trump needs to be great. He can't just sit there and say, vote for me, vote for me. Because in my view, if RFK wipes the floor with him and Trump looks like a clown and he just says generic stuff and RFK says he's going to like revitalize the food industry, I believe the American people are being poisoned slowly and killed slowly through the food and drug uh, industry. And, uh, you know, that's it. That to me, that's a generational win if he could pull it off. And if Trump isn't talking about it, I might not vote for him. Yeah, I mean, the Food and Drug Administration stuff, I agree wholeheartedly on. Like, I mean, if that's the only thing that a president was able to get done, that would be generational change because we've, you know, we've seen our health and and our, you know, our general health in this country decline over the last 50 years, you know, while we're supposed to be making all this progress with drugs and, and you know, food and GMOs and things. And so if you could make progress there, I think that's a much bigger deal than than anything else that anybody's been able to get done incrementally, like the financial institutions never really get regulated, like they, they rearrange the deck chairs, but everyone still goes back to doing what they were doing. Nothing even really changed in the, the mortgage industry after 2008. The same stuff is still going on, you know? So yeah, I, I agree. The FDA would be uh, if that's the only thing he ran on, I would I would be inspired on that because I think that's if the people who are regulating these agencies are just auditioning for a job with the companies or with companies that they're regulating, then, you know, there's no point in having them there. It's just a it's just a dog and pony show and, and nothing will ever get done. You know, all these things will keep getting swept through and approved whether it's you know food stuff or pharma stuff like it's it seems like a real big rubber stamp right now that they can roll back later but there's not any real regulation up front on it and i think if you change that you could change the health of people in this country and that would be huge all right let's keep it simple in the comment section i hear you um who do you guys if it were on a stage right now obviously you could change your opinion it was trump biden and rfk on the stage and they were all on the ballot and now that if rfk is on the stage that gives him a way bigger chance because it's really hard if not impossible to win people are mentioning dr shiva love dr shiva had him on the show he's a wild boy you know what i'm saying um <laughs> without being on the without being on the, the debates and like really having a huge campaign 
it's just it's just not possible. You know what I'm saying? I'll have them on my show again sometime. It's just like, you know, Biden, Trump, RFK, if it comes down to that, maybe DeSantis pulls off an upset. Who knows? Um, who are you feeling? Trump, DeSantis, Biden, or RFK? Let me know in the comment section. I'm going to just read what people are saying. Uh, Rebecca said, yes, the food and drug issue is massive. Kimberly said RFK. Friendly Brilliant said RFK is the best candidates. Dave Smith said vote Trump 2024. Um, someone said Jack is in charge of the Department of Taints. I don't know what that means, but that's definitely hate speech. I don't agree with hate speech unless it's that. Someone said Orange Man Rad. Trump, unfortunately, they all suck. Someone said RFK Trump, RFK Trump. RFK is a uniparty tool. DeSantis, none. So it's a pretty mixed bag. I mean, it'll be interesting to see because I know more conservative trends, at least what I see. I, it's really hard to tell like who's off social media, who's just living. I think Trump's going to get most of those votes. Um, maybe DeSantis will. I don't know. We'll see. But when it comes to the Democratic Party, I do feel like we're underestimating how many Democrats would vote for RFK Jr. Be, you know, that's the interesting part is too. And I know like, I know he had to like go on the apology tour and I know like how I, I've seen it firsthand, how strong that pressure is. Like basically they just call you anti-Semitic when you're not. And they try to like force you to do whatever they say, like the media and stuff. And with him, it was like really unfortunate because he was just reading a statistic from a medical study and, you know, they pressured him really hard, but you know, that would have, and maybe that's how he feels anyway, but um, it would have been interesting because I feel like there's millions upon tens of millions of Democrats. Most of them seem to uh, have a more nuanced opinion of Israel and Palestine than most people. And, uh, you know, you see like Democrats, they're now protesting Hillary Clinton. They're now protesting John Fetterman. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're mad that he's so pro-Israel and it's fascinating. So I would have loved to see, and I'm not trying to force Bobby's hand because if you feel a certain way, you feel a certain way. But if he would have took a more balanced stance, you know, even... I think even Vivek is trying to take a balanced stance on that and say like, I support Israel, but free speech or whatever. Um, it would have been interesting to see if he could scoop up those votes. Cause I do think that there's tens of millions of dissidents um, on that side. And, you know, I already think Bobby has the dissidents from the COVID stuff on lock. And I know a lot of people say, forget about it. It's over. And it's like, yeah, it's over. But uh, a lot of things are still in the works. And Ken Paxton, attorney general of Texas is suing Pfizer. You know, and a lot of the yeah. fallout from this is going to be seen for decades and, you know, the, the cookie's going to crumble that way. But, you know, all I'm asking for, if someone like, I'm just going to use a stupid example because it's easy. Someone like slaps me in the face. I'd never allow it to happen, by the way. But uh, if it did, and I was like, are you sorry? And they, and they like genuinely felt terrible. They, 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 they had a moment or whatever. I'll never do it again. It's like, I could trust somebody again that I know is sincerely apologizing. But with Trump, he's like the only person I've ever seen not, go 180 on the COVID vaccine. And it's like, if he came out yesterday and was like, Hey, you know, I'm not mad at what I did, but I do understand there has been some injuries. This was crazy. And I want to say this real quick before I throw it back. What people don't understand, which is why we keep just sliding in this country is Republicans, including Trump, whether they meant to be or not, were controlled opposition, because if they just did free market and then the mandates came, then it's not their fault. But if you give $18 billion to the vaccine industry, $18 billion, that's socialism. It's not capitalism. It's not free market. The government gave your taxpayer money to the pharmaceutical industry. 
What do you think they're going to do with it? All these ads, all, you're giving them money, you're giving them power. Of course they're going to abuse it. And the emergency was declared by the HHS director who Donald Trump hired a pharmaceutical Eli Lilly executive slash lobbyist guy to run the government. So the entire scheme and for the mandates was set under Trump and then he didn't do it. And then he passes the baton and Biden does it. It's like, if you give them that much money and power, they're going to ram it down your throat. So it's like for, you know, to not apologize at all for that. Like, I think Trump is such a shameless scammer and I'm sad that so many Americans like worship him because it, it, it just makes me feel bad because I love American citizens and I know that people are good people, but it's like, they look up to this guy and he's just scamming the crap out of them unapologetically. I need not an apology, but like a show that you've learned your lesson. If not, and, and RFK goes up there and crushes him, he's going to lose a lot of votes and it's not just going to be me or Pete. So if you really like Trump and want him to win, tell him to stop shamelessly lying for the pharmaceutical industry and being a scammer. Uh, and then he could get my vote again, but I'm not going to just give my vote to him while he's lying. Like tell him to tell the truth. Yeah, I agree. And you know, overall, if you know, like you said, there's a lot of people that are just like blind, like I'm, I'm supporting him no matter what. And I think anytime we make a politician or, or some entity like that, out to be our savior, we're doing a detriment to ourselves and our community. Like no, nobody's coming to save us. You know, even the president is very, like I said, a very figurehead position. They don't have unilateral power and the pressure from all these different agencies once they get in there. You know, I think, I think a lot of people go in there trying to do the best they can and to kind of get derailed because you can't just get in there and ramrod everything you want through. So again, there, there, no one's coming to save us on that level, but the work starts with us on a smaller level, you know, a community level, local political level. And that's, that's where I think we can really make a difference. And I, I hope that more people will give energy in that direction rather than just poking their heads up to vote for president every four years and, and feeling like that's good enough. Right. That's a, topic I talk about a lot because everyone always asks me what the solution is. I was like, I'm not trying to be your solution guy. You know, I'm not, I'm not acting like I have all the answers, but I do believe in America when enough people see through certain things, things will change, you know? So for example, in, in uh, grocery stores in the nineties and two thousands, I think we really got scammed because you know, the boomer generation, they, they were used to everything being like real and, and organic. And I, I think they were almost naive to the fact that there's no way that anyone would do that to us. Like, it's just so horrific and so inhumane that they ignored like all these cereals and even like Flintstone vitamins. If you look at the ingredients in that, it's insane. And, and they like, they switched out the real food for fake food. Like we all, you know, they grew up on real food. Their parents cooked real food the FDA, the food, the, dr the drug companies, et cetera, they pulled a 180 and just did some of the most egregious anti-American garbage ever. And like, nobody realized that for so long. And I think that I forget exactly where I was going with that, but, uh, you know, I think that, oh, I remember now people were just eating it and doing it until like maybe like 2000s, people started realizing that it was happening. And then people were like, oh, I want to be gluten-free or I don't want pesticides and chemicals in my stuff. And you saw this boom in places like Whole Foods and they started popping up out of nowhere because they're like, oh, there's a demand for real food. Like people realized that we were scamming them. So now we got to give them something real because you'll make more money doing that. And, and that kind of twisted into like the vegan where there's like, you know, 90% vegan and it's like weird ingredients and in some of that food because it's not just raw vegetables. But in general, like you can go to a few stores and now find better stuff. Even Walmart probably carries 
healthier stuff than they did 10, 15 years ago. And that came because of the demand from the American citizens. They can't sell it if you don't buy it. So I think with politics, in some ways, I feel like sometimes that Trump was like the greatest character in modern history because he woke a lot of people up. But then I also feel like he might be like the biggest controlled out because he woke people up and put them back to sleep where it's like, you know, they some people were like, I don't actually have to really think about what he's doing, where it's like if Biden sold out to the pharmaceutical industry and everyone realizes it, then he can't do that anymore else he won't win. But if Trump sells out to the pharmaceutical industry, nobody wants to talk about it because in their head, he's not doing that. Like in my head, he's not doing that. In reality, he is. But I don't want to think it because it ruins my illusion. And that actually prevents people from changing what needs to be the solution. So when I stand firm on that, it's not hate or Trump derangement syndrome. It's like, I realize that he scammed you. You don't realize it or you don't want to admit it. And I don't think they're ever going to stop until you figure it out. So it's the same thing with the markets. We got better food when people demanded it and bought it. If you keep buying the trash, it doesn't matter if you have a D or an R next to your name. I know that there's accounts online that'll tell you, oh, you're an R and you put an elephant on your shirt, buy the red you know, sweater for your ugly sweater thing. And they're just money, money, money. You know, And the Democrats will tell you that you're right because they want your money. But it doesn't matter what's next to your name if you can't go a layer deeper in these politicians, whether it be Trump, RFK or Biden, like you're talking about, you know, it only does so much. We have to figure it out, change ourselves on a personal scale, a community scale, and then a national scale. And you can't do that by just worshiping somebody and lying about it, no matter what candidate it is. Yeah, I agree. Like, you know, we'll, we get the country that we demand. We get the country that we actually fight for and, you know, shrugging and saying, well, there's a, there's, it's a lesser of two evils again. I, I just think, okay, cool. Well, now we're going to get four more years of the same old thing. And the same old thing has been going in the wrong direction for so long that, you know, you can't stop it all at once, but you can, you can slow it down on a more local scale. You can, you can make a difference starting in your own community. And I, I think we've lost so much community over the last couple of years with COVID and lockdowns and division that, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that there's a real opportunity here for everyone to kind of find their way back to each other and start having conversations again, like go outside, go talk to your neighbor, you know, find out where your common ground lies and start from there instead of saying, well, oh, you're voting that way, I'm voting this way, I guess we're, we're done here. You know, we all have so much more in common than, than we think because we're conditioned all day long, if you're online or watching the news or whatever, to feel like it's, it's one or the other. And, and I think there's so much more nuance to be had in the world, and it's such a much better place when we can have those conversations. That I, I hope that's the direction we can go in instead of shrugging and throwing up our hands and going, I, I guess it's just the lesser of two evils again. Someone said in the comments, sharing seeds is illegal in 14 states now. Start saving seeds and growing food now. I don't know those exact stats, but I wouldn't be surprised. And that's one of those things that what people don't realize, too, is that the media creates a narrative, whether it's Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, it, like they, there's money there. They're, they're, you know, like how much money is Israel going to get to Amer from America? How, and then, you know, Biden actually paid both sides. He gives Israel the money for the weapons. He gives Palestine the aid. Why do they need foreign aid? Because you just bomb them. So it's like, give them the weapons to bomb them. Oh, they're bombed. Oh, no, they're sick. Oh, they need food. Oh, here's the money for food. We're paying both sides of the war. When it comes to Ukraine, we've given them hundreds of billions of dollars. So there's a reason you're never going to hear Trump or Biden be like, it's illegal to share seeds in 14 states. We're going to pass a law like Thomas Massey always tries to pass for a bunch of stuff because he's the only real one in Congress, in my view. And mm -hmm. it's like, we're going to make it legal 
to share seeds and we're going to outlaw spraying nasty pesticides. And we're going to go back to, there's no money in that. They're being paid off. Biden's being paid off. Trump's being paid off. He took over a hundred million dollars, including a million dollars from Pfizer. If there was some sort of seed coalition that paid Trump and Biden $10 million, you'd hear them talking about seeds. If you paid the media $50 million to sell seeds, they'd talk about seeds. So part of the way they control us is by creating these narratives that don't actually matter. Trump, Russia, collusion, three years wasted, nothing changes. The food's still shit. You know what I'm saying? COVID, they scammed us with that with the pharmaceutical industry. Then it's the Trump arrest and the Jack Smith and the George Santos and the Trump versus DeSantis. You know, it's like all these stupid things, which is why people like RFK, who knows if he'll really do it or not, but he's talking about some of these things that always get ignored when it comes to the quality. And really, I can't say that we're victims of this because if people don't care about this stuff and they they just want this Kardashian-esque like political drama, what did Jack Smith say about Trump? What did what did the Alvin Bragg say today? Oh, George Santo got expelled for Botox and OnlyFans. Like this is like Kardashian level watering down. And whether George Santos is a criminal or not, he's never been charged, so he's technically not. And uh, you know, he might be a little scammy. He's not the worst person in Congress. They're all garbage, in my view, except for one guy. And as long as they could create a narrative, no one will ever figure that out. And that's why nothing changes. We need to be smart enough to be like, what? It's illegal to share seeds? The government can take $60,000 from me, but I can't share a seed with my neighbor? That's a little crazy. What are we? Just taxpaying cattle? You know, you can't share a, a, a seed, but, you know, there's... Uh, companies that could spray your seeds with gross stuff and you watch TV, everyone has cancer now. Like, uh, that's allowed, but you know, but people don't care. They they want to fight over like Trump and DeSantis or stuff yeah. like that. And that that's the thing. It's it's the theater of it all that gets the media riled up because that gets people watching. That gets them selling more commercials. Who's buying all the commercials? Pharmaceutical companies, you know. It's it's just a perpetual cycle of, you know, more and more money funneling upwards. And we're left spinning in, in one place going, what's going on? Like you said, well, we can't share seeds over here. Like all our food has all this stuff in it. There's, there are so many chemicals in our food here that are it, countries in Europe do not allow, you know, you go over there and everything is different, but we allow all of that stuff here and, you know, nobody wants to talk about it. So again, for somebody like RFK, if for nothing else, then being a disruptor on talking of these issues that these other candidates want to ignore because everyone's getting money funneled to them. I think that's a good thing. You got to, you got to make people have real answers instead of their political theater of like, Hey, I'm not going to push too hard. Well, of course not. I won't do either. Cause we're all taking the same money from the same people, you know, put on a good show. You know, it's, it's professional wrestling under the guise of politics. Let us know what you think in the comments, folks. Uh, just to wrap it up, I want to let you guys know the main story of today is regardless of what you think or how you're voting or what party you are or aren't a part of, RFK seems like he's going to reach the threshold, which means he's going to get on the debate stage with Biden and Trump or Biden and DeSantis or Biden and Nikki Haley. I don't I mean, I don't think she's going to win, but I'm just saying um, it's going to be Democrat, Republican and independent for the first time because you need 15 percent in certain pollings and RFK is flirting on that lines. So if he's on the stage, no matter who you like, it's going to change the game. It's going to change the dynamic of the debate and it's going to take millions upon tens of millions of votes away from Trump and biden so it's very interesting let me know what you guys think in the comments let me know who you're feeling right now and tell people where they can find you pete thanks for coming on i knew you'd be the perfect guy to talk to this about
talk with oh, you. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can find me. Uh, my website is PeteParada.com. I do uh, drum tracks there, songwriting, producing. Um, so anybody can hit me up there. I also have a new band, uh, The Defiant, and you can find us at TheDefiantOfficial.com. Sweet. All right. Appreciate you. God bless everybody. And let me know in the comments. Give this a share if you like it. And let people know that it looks like RFK might get in the debate. And if you don't know why or understand how or where I got that from, rewind the video and I put it in the intro. God bless you guys. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Just a few ways to stay in touch and support if you'd like to. The first way is dreamrare.com. We have blue beanies, black beanies, pink hats, other colored hats, freedom versus tyranny shirts, stay blessed long sleeve, God is great long sleeve, and lots of more cool items coming soon. Dreamrare.com. Check out the shop to support. Everything's made in the United States. Handpicked by me. Patreon.com slash rare talk for $5 a month. You can help support me. Support the show. If you haven't noticed, unlike other channels, I don't work with very very many sponsors, sometimes none at all. And part of the way I'm able to do that is with the dreamrare.com shop and patreon.com slash rare talk. So thank you guys for keeping this show free, unimpeded, uninterrupted. I'm forever grateful. My free email list is stayintouchwithme.com. So check the links below in the description or just type in on any browser, stayintouchwithme.com, all one word. You'll find my email list, put it in there, and it's the least annoying email list you'll ever be on. I barely use it because I don't like getting emailed every day or every week. It's annoying, so I don't.